Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. President Bush has been adamant that on matters of Iraq, he will defer to the wisdom of his generals. The reason? Well, I'm not an expert. No. No, he's not. Actually, when you say you're not an expert, uh, Mr. President, could you be more specific? I'm not an economist. I'm not a forecaster. I'm not a poll guy. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a pundit. I'm not a very good focus group either. Mr. President, you're not all of those things. What, what are you? I'm a sunny guy. Hi, I'm Rachel Vella. And I'm Suzanne Mucian, and you're listening to The Big Payoff Podcast. Rachel and I have been best friends and business partners for over 19 years, and these are the conversations that we're having about work, even when we're not working. And you know what? We bet you are, too. Suzanne, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was longer, we did a show um, about, I thought it was a great show, about knowing um, how to stay behind the scenes, how to check your ego, how to be okay with being number two. It was an interesting conversation. We got a lot of feedback on that. Um, And so since then, we've been talking about an issue that's actually different than that, but it's sort of the flip side of it. It's when... You are not claiming your expertise in meetings, in writing, um, wherever that claim makes a difference to how seriously people take you, right? So uh, you're with a group of people and the people are going around the table talking about what they're, you know, why are you here? What's your expertise? Or they frame it a different way and you fudge and can't quite rise to the question. And I think women in particular have this issue. Um, And we just have a question for you, which is how do you expect others to take you seriously if you don't seem to take yourself seriously? And how do you appropriately claim your expertise without feeling like you're being obnoxious or trying to take credit. Because I think, Rachel, this is so different than taking credit. And I have a great example because this happened to me recently. So I was in a meeting with a bunch of VCs. I'm I'm in, uh, in this fund and it was an advisory meeting. And the conversation that was on the table was actually a communication, my expertise. It was on communication and messaging for a pitch. And so everyone's going around the table and giving their opinion. And when it came to me, I disagreed with what had just been said. And I should have said this. 
I was the only female speaking. Okay, there was another woman in the room, but she's part of the fun. So I was the only one in the conversation. So I, I said, you know what, you guys, I really disagree with that. Here's how I think this should be phrased. And the guy to my right looked at the guy to my left and said, huh, you know, I guess the reason Suzanne thinks differently about this is it must be a gender thing. Oh, <laughs> it was wow. like as opposed to your expertise, expertise thing. And, right? and, and I was then it so puts you in the position oh, of God. having to go, um, I'm an expert at this. It was so I, I was really shut down. I mean, I wanted to say gender. No, it's expertise. And I wanted to also say, had we been reviewing a P&L going through the financials and I disagreed with your take on the financials, I never <laughs> would have said to you, thing. oh, well, that must be just a gender thing. It must be a man thing to want to have, a you know. Profit at the right. End of the year. So we just need to figure out a way to not shut down the way I did. This is a chronic problem that has more to do with how you frame it. It's it's what you actually believe. Because I'll tell you what we heard. This was several years ago, Suzanne. I don't know if you were there. There's this woman who runs a fabulous project called the Op Ed Project, and she started it. She's a journalist, and she started it because. She noticed that, and then this was corroborated by data, that something like only 2% of op-eds in the country, in newspapers, are written by women. It's all men. That's a huge statistic. It's huge. And she, she began to investigate why that was, and she discovered something interesting. She discovered that it is not, as she had originally hypothesized, that it was the newspaper shutting women out of voicing their opinion. It was way further upstream. It was women weren't submitting op-eds. And her hypothesis for the whole organization, which has turned out to be correct, is it's because women simply will not claim the kind of expertise that goes with I'm going to send in this editorial to the newspaper, this opinion piece, and it's going to be taken seriously because I'm a recognized expert in X. And what she noticed when she would go around the room, she'd have these very high-powered women and she was training them on how to write op-eds. But it began with, you know, how do you, you know, claiming your expertise. And what she noticed was when you go around the room with men and let's say a man does you know, a very particular thing in cardiac medicine, very particular, one little thing. But when you ask him, what is he an expert in? He'll say cardiology. I am an expert in cardiology. When you ask women who are in exactly the same position, they will talk about that one very particular thing that they're good at because they don't want to claim any more territory than what they feel is theirs legitimately to claim. And that's a problem. So that's a problem because your expertise is actually bigger. It's a bigger piece of territory than what you think. So let's talk about why this is happening and then also how to do it differently, because I think it's one thing to be aware that you're not doing this. But let's also talk about the path forward, how you do this well, where you do it, and how if you don't, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't really know what I'm an expert at, we're going to help you.
Here's the truth that we know for many years. When you tell people what you're an expert in, they believe you. Yeah. So we're not telling you to lie. We're telling you to stop hiding your glory and to start claiming your territory so that you can grow from there. So, Rachel, how would you define expertise? What, what, do, what do we mean by that? Well, that's, a, that's the important question because I think that we have a misunderstanding of what it means. I think – I believe – first of all, expertise is not about where you got your academic degree. It's not about academic degrees at all. It's about your experience and what you know you know and what you feel that if anybody asks you a question on, you feel confident in answering because you've been there and you've done that. And by the way, when we say we're expert at something, it doesn't mean we've done every single thing. It means I've been in this area long enough that whatever ball you pitch me, I'm pretty sure I can hit it. And that's what gives you the inner conviction that says, I got this. There is the Malcolm Gladwell theory. And whether you believe his hour count or not, it really, Rachel, speaks to what you're saying, which is his theory is if you spend 10,000 hours at something, whether it's learning to play hockey or an instrument or fiddling around on your computer with, you know, programming, you you can say, I am an expert at that. And what we're saying is that time on task, first of all, it's the key to the thing that you love doing. If you're spending that much time on something, it's not only something that you love to do, but it's something you're now getting really good at doing. And I think more people need to claim that expertise versus going into the back of their head into all these traditional definitions like, I'm an expert at... um computer coding or I'm an expert graphic designer. That's just you know where a you job. Learn this, Suzanne, you learn this if you ever got involved in media. You understand that the people on CNN who claim to be, you know, the legal expert <laughs> right. always go, right. she's the legal expert yeah. or she's an expert in makeup. Right. It's like if you look at their background, you will see what? Yeah, they've kind of been in the area, but they have the confidence to speak about that terrain. And you know what? Once they do, it grows. And that's just how it works. We've said for years, Suzanne, that when somebody is asking you a question or laying out a problem and expecting you to help and the bubble over your head is, you are so lucky to be in my hands. I mean, I pity you if you were to be with somebody else because I know that I can help you here. Oh, yeah. Then you are in an area of your expertise. And if the bubble above your head says, oh, my God, I I really should give this to Danita. She really, she's somewhat, oh, she's the person who should answer this. Then you're probably not in your area of expertise. And don't you think there's a level of fear here that also keeps us from claiming our expertise. I mean, if I think back to the story that I told about being in the room at the at the fund meeting, I think that I was, uh, to some extent, afraid, not that I'd necessarily be called out on my communication expertise, but that there was a piece of me that felt, you know what, these guys know so much about 90% of this conversation that I, I don't feel comfortable with. It, remember how you felt at the NASCAR 
meeting Rachel? Oh, Suzanne, it is absolutely that interloper feeling of yeah. like, they're going to send me out of the room yeah. as if you don't really have a right to be there and they're doing you a favor. Yes. Yeah. So you would just shut that voice down because the feeling, I'm now I'm going to speak as, as an employer, the feeling of handing something to someone who says in these words or, or otherwise, oh, I'm the queen of that. I'm like, I got thank you. you. Oh, wait, yeah. remember the phrase that you and I love so much? Um, it's taken care of. Or I'll I'll no, take care of that. No. No, what is it? Set. You're all set. Oh, you're all set. <laughs> That's when I feel when somebody says to me, you're all set. I want to marry like yeah. airline uh, operators when they say that. It's like, oh, my, oh, 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 thank you. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. You. I'm in your hands and you've got this. Yeah. That's what it takes. Just keep remembering. If you feel as if you got this, which might mean, by the way, that you pick up the phone and call a couple of people who have specific expertise, but you got this you got means this. you can handle this. Yeah. And we're going to teach you exactly how to do that. So when we come back, let's help you fill out what we'll call a claims report, which is basically a roadmap for claiming your expertise. We're going to do it in three steps. And by the end, you're going to know what it is that you do, how to explain it to other people, and when to do it. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so let's fill out your claims report. So you're someone who works in a setting, and maybe you're even sort of a jack-of-all-trades. You do a lot of things, which makes you feel like you're even it's even more difficult to claim an expertise, but you need to. So let's help you do it. Think back on all the assignments that you've been given, like especially in the last, say, three to five years in school, in work, even in your family, big assignments that were put in your lap that you had to deal with and you had to solve or take care of and where you've clearly done it, you've excelled in some way. Now, ask yourself this. What is it that you had to know or understand in order to get those victories, in order to get that done? What at the core was it? that you actually had to crack, okay? And say it in this way. To do that, I had to know how to X, and X is the blank you need to fill. To do that, I needed to know how to 
blank. And the broader that you can make that, the better, because that will cover more expertise territory for you in the future. So that's the first step in filing your claim report. So let's go to the second step. You have to give it a name. Part of what shuts you down when you're in that setting and aren't claiming your expertise is you don't really know how to name it. You don't know how to say it in language that people will understand. And so you do need to be in a category of expertise that everybody understands. So you can't say, oh, I'm an expertise at figuring out the way in which newsletters are designed using information architecture so that people read them more effectively. Okay. Well, you can't say I'm an expertise ever because you you right. want to say I'm an expert. Right. I'm an expert ever. <laughs> but thank you. Or to, my expertise is. Yeah, I think you were making fun of my um I, I was. Of my verbal, I'm an of my verbal typo. I'm an expert at that. You are an expert at that. So put it into a category that people understand. So here's an example. If you're really great at writing, don't say um well, my expertise is writing. What you want to say is my expertise is content. I'm a content expert. Or if you're really good at details, if you know how to move things from A to B to C, you can say, oh, I'm an expert project manager. Okay? And everyone will believe you. Okay? Because, again, to go to Rachel's first point, if you know that you've been moving things from A to B to C, then to do that, you had to be a great project manager. So give it a name. Okay? And I'll tell you, from Rachel, from our experience... Over time, we've had to use words that don't entirely make us feel great because it doesn't mm -hmm. really cover the totality of what we think we know. Like we would say, oh, well, we have expertise in branding. That's not right. exactly right, but it at least allows us to acclaim a certain seat at the table and lets us enter a conversation through the right door. Right. And you can live in those clothes for a while and see how it fits. And if it doesn't quite, fine, rename it. Say you're, you're, you're an expert at something else. It's not, you, it may take you a while to really sit comfortably and like, ah, oh, that is what it is. Yeah. That's okay. It's not, you're not claiming it for life. But you do, and this is the third and final point, you do have to claim it for good reason. And this is the, this is the inner inventory that you have to take that's really tough. You have to have, a good and solid reason for claiming your expertise. Because if it's com about competing with someone else at the table, like, oh, well, I'm an expert at, not only is that not a good reason, it'll immediately be discovered as being fake and false. Is it about seeming important so that others will admire you? Again, not good. You will be seen to be jutting out and claiming something that isn't yours to claim. So you have to make sure that you're claiming it in order to um, ensure that you're adding value to the team or a group so that all rise, so that your expertise complements everybody else's and everybody right. you, you does want, well. You're sitting in the right seat yeah, on the Yeah, you want to be able to say that you're an expert – not necessarily because then all the spotlight gets gets to you, but because by saying that, you're basically contributing to the conversation of how do we get this done or how do we get this client or how do we make this project really sing? You should right. feel excited. You should not feel nervous. You should be excited. And it really helps people understand what questions to ask you, when to turn to you in the conversation. So ask yourself, when do you want to be turned to? 
right? But you do need to, if you're taking a seat at the table, you do, do need to tell everybody what it is so that, you know, the bus drives forward. Um, sometimes you want to claim your expertise because that's the pool you want to swim in for the next period of time. You want to learn more, get more skilled at it. It's really okay to claim expertise in something because you want to live there and learn more. You don't have to like know everything about it in order to claim expertise. I know what I know. I'll say what I said. We come and we go. So, Rachel, as we wrap this up, let's just remind our listeners, especially women. And we say especially women just because our pattern recognition over many, many years of being in rooms is that women are not comfortable doing this. It's not to say that all men are. We're just saying it's more likely if you're a woman that you know exactly what we're talking about. So, Rachel, here's this moment that we've all encountered, and I want this podcast to help anyone listening do better at this moment. And so the moment is the one where somebody asks you in an elevator or at lunch or in passing, so what do you do? Oh, God. You know, Suzanne, the thing I hear all the time is people thinking that the answer to that question is their job. Yeah. The yeah. jo- well, I'm the, you know, assistant product man. That's not what I asked no, you. No, And that isn't, by the way, if you don't love the title of your job or maybe you're thinking of leaving the job or you just don't think it's a great fit, it does give you an opportunity to answer differently. Yeah. So I want you to think about the answer to that question almost as if you know that whatever the answer to that question is has to grab the other person in a way that makes them think, huh, that's interesting, or makes them think, wow, they really sound like they have their shit together. That's the response, okay? So, Rachel, what do you do? I help translate really complicated, big ideas in forms that other people will understand. Wow, you really sound like you have your shit together. I have my shit so together that I'm going to leave this podcast now and go stand on the street corner and scream what an expert I am. Good. I'm an expert at wrapping up. Talk to you next week. She looked me over. I guess she thought I was all right. All right. The sort of a limited wave for an off night. She said, don't I know you from the cinematographer's party? I said, who am I to blow against the wind? I know what I know. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. She said there's something about you that really reminds me of money. She was the kind of a girl who could say things that weren't that funny. I said, what does that mean? I really remind you of money. She said, who am I to blow against the wind? I know what I know. I'll say what I say. We come and we go. I said, do I keep in the back of my head?